it's a, uh, an incredible time that we have here in America. We, we spoke last week with Jamie Glazov. He was fantastic. Uh, speaking about his book, of course, The Barack Obama uh, Legacy, and, uh, and how devastating he has been to the, the nation. I recommend you strongly to get that book. It's really fantastic. Jamie's a very passionate writer uh, and speaker, and boy, he, he really knows how to research things so well. Anyway, today um, I'm going to be flying solo a little bit today because uh, I'm actually out of the country and uh, it's difficult to actually um, have a co-host with Zoom and everything else uh, time-wise and such. I'm in Israel right now and what a great country. It's um, The transgender madness has not uh, taken hold of the country, not yet at least, although they are celebrating in Tel Aviv with the... Uh, LGBTQ month, all that stuff. Tel Aviv tends to be a lot more liberal than the rest of the country, but even so, uh, they haven't gone crazy. They haven't uh, insisted that it's important to have uh, transgender surgeries and and uh, called it a right of some kind. So it's um, God, God willing, it won't uh, go all the way in the woke department, at least not Tel Aviv. So uh, the rest of Israel, by the way, is very conservative and uh, for for many good reasons, one of which is that it tends to be more and more religious over time from a, a Jewish point of view. So I'm very happy about that. And I just don't think it's going to go the way that America did. I think America made a huge mistake. Uh, we will look back on the transgender movement uh, in the same way that we now look back on the uh, horrific uh, era of the eugenics time. And for that matter, the terrible experiments that the government made on uh, using LSD on black participants, just random black people in the street, uh, just to see the devastating effects of LSD, uh, to say nothing of the other things that America has done in the past, which are the Japanese internment camps and other things that they've done. But eugenics is is pretty horrific. And what's really horrific about it even more so is that it lasted some 30 years, maybe even 40 years, uh, sterilizing people that they considered to be undesirable. It lasted until the very early 70s. Uh, it's just awful to think about it. Uh, we now know also that Hitler actually took uh, much of what he saw from the eugenics movement and said, hey, look, if the Americans are doing it, then I think it's a good idea. And of course, he extended it to actually killing people uh, that he deemed undesirable. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about a number of topics. One is the uh, more on the transgender madness, madness in particular, the L.A. Dodgers, the Ford Raptor situation, the uh, Target, uh, Budweiser, Kohl's. All of them acting in, in uh, cahoots with one another. It's a very strange thing, and I really want to explore this a little bit more. Um, we also have a fascinating reason as to why these things are happening. I want to—I don't want to get ahead of myself there. Uh, the the next thing we'll talk about, if we have time, certainly, is uh, what what's happening with the FBI and the CIA, for that for that matter. Uh, obviously creating cover for Hunter Biden and the Biden family, generally speaking, making sure that evidence does not crop up that would otherwise implicate the Biden family in a pay for, uh, not pay for a slay, what is it? Uh, pay for, for policy uh, program, which has been going on for, for decades. And I think I mentioned this in the past, where a good buddy of mine, his wife uh, was cheating on him for more than a decade. And in the beginning, it turns out she was very careful, as you might have expected, to cover her tracks. But she was never caught, and she got more and more sloppy over time. And anyway, then she was caught. Uh, she was stupid enough to leave her Facebook page open, and there was a picture of she and her uh, boyfriend, lover, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the husband found out about it. He saw the picture, and then everything, it was the house of cards that uh, fell apart. 
I think that's the same thing happening with the Biden administration. He's been doing it for decades, not just one decade, uh, decades, um, allowing himself to be uh, played and, and to be used for policy considerations, I think, uh, for him. Hey, what's the big deal? I, you know, I just influenced policy by uh, way of the Chinese paying me millions of dollars. And he did it indirectly, of course, through all sorts of LLCs and shell companies and such, and using his family members, particularly Hunter Biden. And then, and now he's getting to say, hey, you know what, how do, how do you, whatever Hunter did, I didn't know about, nothing about it. Okay, so let me get this straight. And, and of course, it's, it's also his, his family members who, in addition, are also getting this, uh, these, these money breaks as well. So he, they want you to believe, or Biden wants you to believe, that, yeah, the Chinese paid my son and these other people a hell of a lot of money, but, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts, I suppose, you know, not at all for his benefit, right? So, I mean, look, even if even if Biden didn't get any money directly, uh, I think he did get at least 10%, right, for the big guy. But let's say he didn't. Let's say the big guy is somebody else. It doesn't matter. The point is that he wanted to take care of his family. And he was basically telling the Chinese and Romanians for that matter, and God knows the Ukrainians perhaps, uh, take care of my family and I'll give you what you want policy-wise, right? So it's for his either direct benefit or indirect benefit. So when he says, and you'll hear this in the news all the time, when he says, uh, you know, what do I know about this? Uh, I, I was not paid any money whatsoever. You can't, you can't point the finger at me. It means nothing. It's totally irrelevant. It's for the benefit of his family, right? That's what it is. So of course, you know, like I, I if I, if I wanted uh, to, to, um, somebody wanted to get to me and they said, hey, look, we'll take care of your kids' tuition and your kids' livelihoods for the rest of their, of their lives or whatever, uh, you know, and I say yes to that. Yeah, sure. I'm not directly benefiting from it. That's true. It's not going into my bank account, but it's benefiting my family. So obviously it's the same thing. All right. Uh, but I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to be talking also about uh, Diane uh, Feinstein and uh, Kamala Harris, and a very interesting dynamic that's going on there. It's um, it's very strange, very sad. Uh, but again, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a time period of dementia, right? That Biden is experiencing dementia. Uh, Feinstein uh, is also experiencing dementia for sure. And then you've got that guy from Pennsylvania, the senator. Um, I've got his name offhand. But anyway, something else is going on with that guy. So it, it's a time where people are ignoring realities. Uh, this is These are just examples of them. Anyway, we'll explore this uh, later on if we have time as well. And then finally, uh, Joy Behar of The uh, of the View and talking about Thomas Clarence and uh, how, how he does not know what being black is, right? I mean, of all, of all this elderly white woman who has no idea about being black. She's telling a black man about what it is to be black in America and otherwise. It's it's really quite outrageous. Anyway, we'll talk about that. And uh, maybe if we have more time uh, about alien life on the planets uh, outside of the earth, of course, and uh, whether or not that's a real thing. Okay. Uh, let's first of all talk about this amazing thing that's going on uh, with the transgender movement. So a uh, couple of things. One is you've got the uh, Budweiser is falling apart. I think it's now to $15 billion loss in market cap. I remember the good old days when it was only $6 billion, Now it's $15 billion. So uh, they're trying to reinvent themselves, uh, but they can't seem to get away from it. They, they haven't apologized for what they did with the uh, Dylan Mulvaney. This one punk kid, uh, a guy, uh, has managed to destroy Bud Light. 
Uh, you may have liked Bud Light. I, I, I never liked Bud Light at all. I, I frankly, I don't drink that much beer anyway, but uh, boy, it's, it's really remarkable to see how one person can do such devastation. Uh, and, and really, it wasn't, it wasn't so much him. He was just a, a conduit, a catalyst. Uh, it was the CEO of the company or whoever that authorized this crazy marketing scheme uh, that ultimately really is destroying Bud Light. Uh, I don't know the Bud Light really wants to come back from it necessarily. I don't know that they have a plan to come back from it. But what they should be doing is apologizing for the stupid move uh, and saying, look, this is not our values. This was a renegade decision by somebody who was a renegade. We fired her since. We love America. We love uh, the differences between men and women. Uh, we do not embrace the LGBTQ plus madness. Uh, we certainly don't support transgender surgeries for minors, all that stuff. They could do that, but they're not going to do it. They will not do it, even when it's costing them $15 billion in market cap. I mean, I, I don't know, at a certain point, I would say even after the first half billion, I would start thinking, rethinking my marketing strategy. How about that? That's, that's me, okay, for my law firm, for anything else, for half a billion loss, as if I have half a billion, right, in my law firm. But anyway, you get the idea. I, I would start rethinking. But then, but it's not just Bud Light. We now know it's also Target with that strange clothing attire. Then there was a boycott of that. And they, in turn, have lost billions. I don't know how many it is right now. I think it's up to $10 billion. Uh, But don't worry, they're right behind Bud Light. It'll be $20 billion soon enough. And they're losing market cap as well, dramatically so. Now, same thing with coal. That's it. Kohl's is, is also doing it. They're getting into the transgender game. They must know. They must know that this is going to devastate their, their business, right? They, they have to know this, right? It, it, this is the first time in business history that I could think of where a company sees another company making a, a horrifically bad decision. And they say to themselves, let's do that. Let's do that too, right? <laughs> so they, they saw the fantastic success, and I put that in air quotes, of what Bud Light did. And Target said, let's do that. And Cole's saying, do that. And then the L.A. Dodgers, more or less, are doing that. Now, the L.A. Dodgers is a slightly different story, but it's, it's the same concept. They're, they're pushing the LGBTQ plus madness on their fans, and they're expecting somehow that this will improve their relationship with the, uh, the outside world. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be devastating for the, for the Dodgers as well. You'll see. And nobody wants to attend to it. So, I, I okay. I guess we'll get to the LA Dodgers in a moment, okay? So don't, don't forget to remind me about the LA Dodgers. So the question is, why is this happening? Why? Because nobody can be that stupid in business, right? I went to business school. The first thing you learn, and, and, and the whole way you learn in business school is by case studies, right? So you, you talk about a story that happened in Apple and how they turned around Apple. They, you talk about Hewlett Packard. I remember that as well. You talk about, uh, you know, Caterpillar. I think there was a, a case study about that. All sorts of, of problems that these companies faced and how they uh, turned it around, okay? Big mistakes also. For example, the famous Nova car, right, that they tried to market. And then they discovered that Nova in Spanish means it doesn't work. It doesn't go, Right, and they try to sell it in Mexico and South America and Central America. Uh, it was a it was a disaster there, right? So if you had if you were another car manufacturer, would you name your car Nova, or, or for that matter, any product that actually need needed to run? Uh, would, would you name it? Would you name it Nova also? 
knowing what happened to the Nova uh, experience uh, for that car company? No, <laughs> of course not. You've learned from other people's and other businesses' mistakes, all right? Pepsi, for example, didn't create a new Pepsi when, when they saw the disaster of new Coke, right? Now, Coke, by the way, was able to flip that around a little bit. They did classic Coke. It was a, they, 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 what's the expression? They made lemonade out of lemons, okay? That was a smart move on their part. But, but again, you don't repeat these disastrous mistakes over and over again. And it's not as if it was like 20 years ago, right? 10 years ago. These are only weeks ago, weeks ago. And they're doing this. Ah, frustrating. All right. I, I promised you about uh, the Dodgers. So what do the Dodgers do? The Dodgers <clears throat> um, decided to invite this group called uh, the, um, what is it? The, the Ladies of the Perpetual Indulgence, right? The Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence. Who are they? It's a transgender group that gets dressed up in all gaudy makeup and women's clothing, of course. And they not worse than that, they dress up as nuns, Catholic nuns, uh, with the intention of mocking Catholicism. Let, let's face it, that's what it's all about. And try to pervert uh, Catholicism and to make fun of it. And even the name, the, the, the Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence. I mean, at least it's truth in advertising there. So they go out there and uh, they get invited. And then <clears throat> the Dodgers realize this, this is not going to be a good idea. They disinvite them. And then there's so much pushback from that disinvitation that they reinvite them. Okay. Now, the Dodgers <clears throat> have now successfully managed to, managed to screw it up for everybody. They, they hate, uh, now they hate the Dodgers. If you're on the left, you hate the Dodgers for disinvi disinviting them. And uh, if you're on the right, conservative, you hate them for inviting them in the first place and then caving in. Uh, after having disinviting them, right? So that's that's the issue for them. I, I, I mean, it's really remarkable. So now it stands where it stands is because of all the social pressure, they're going to keep the sisters of the perpetual indulgence. And there was talk before about some having some sort of Christian night, um, not, not, not as in K-N-I-G-H-T, but the Christian night, Christian evening, uh, where they celebrate Christianity. Like, good luck on that. I, it's not going to happen. I... I'd be as surprised if it happened. I would be, I'd be thrilled if it happened. But really, do they have to bookend these things? I mean, right? Is, is, is this the way it's going to be? And of course, if they did have a Christian night, you, would, you can only imagine it's going to be a disaster because the uh, sisters and the whole left community would say this is, it's, um, it's bigotry on steroids to have Christian night. What, what are you saying? Are you saying that anybody who is not Christian is a terrible person? Right? That's what they're going to say. Anyway, you have this, this dogma that's coming down, descending upon us. And there's, you have to scratch your heads. Whenever you scratch your head, uh, you're wondering, why are things happening the, the way they're happening? And in this case, you scratch your head about what Bud Light did. They couldn't have, no smart, no smart businessman or woman ha, would, would ever do this to put a transvestite on the beer cans and make that person a spokesperson for Bud Light no less. And likewise with Target, likewise with Kohl's, likewise with all the garbage and the claims that they've made uh, about Target in particular, saying that somehow um, the reason why they are discontinuing or putting these uh, items in the back is because uh, people are somehow harassing employees uh, at, at Target for having this merchandise, which is uh, like this tuck-in uh, merchandise where 
kids can wear clothing where it will be tuck-in friendly, meaning that if, if you're a person with a penis, as they would like to describe him, uh, you can tuck it in between your legs and, and this clothing will make it ever so easy for you, right? For, for toddlers, no less, as if they know what they're doing. Uh, so so th- they make it seem as if somehow they're the, the, this rabble of right-wingers that are coming in and threatening employees. Um, and that's the reason why they had to push it to the back. Okay, this is a bald-faced lie. Okay, you, okay let's, let's figure this out. First of all, uh, right-wingers... Uh, conservative people, Christians, whatever, they, they're not going to beat up on the employees. They understand that this is a policy decision of Target. It's not, it's not a poly, policy decision of that uh, voice-changing 17-year-old kid working at Target as if somehow he has a responsibility for that. So that's BS, right? We know that's BS. Secondly, it's BS because where's the, where's the camera footage of this? Right? I mean, Target must have all sorts of video surveillance everywhere around the store. So if there are people actually bullying employees because they don't like the clothing that Target is offering, you would expect to see at least a couple of video segments showing exactly that. But you don't. You just don't. Okay? Same thing with the white, white supremacy claim, right? Where, where are all the white supremacists, right? Where, where are the KKK, you know, doing their horrific stuff? Right. I know that happened in the, in the past, but where are they today? Right. Where are the white supremacists? Oh, both of them. They're somewhere in South Carolina. Yes. In, in the basement somewhere, uh, pretending to, to be uh, to, to grow a movement. Uh, so anyway, it's the same thing here. It's very, very odd. Now, why going back to and Coles is now doing this, right? They decide, OK, we, we really like what we're seeing with what's, what's happening at Target. Uh, so we're going to do the same thing. We're going to also have transgender friendly clothing and, and other items. So because if for, for some reason, it'll work, it'll work really well for us. It'll increase our market cap, not decrease it like the, those other schmucks. We'll do exactly the same thing that they do, but somehow things are going to turn out really well for us. Strange. All right. So what's going on here? What, 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 what explains all this madness? Why is it that that companies seem to be so willing to destroy themselves, that to commit business suicide, as it were, uh, n- not just by a little bit, but by billions, <laughs> 15 billion in, in Bud Light's case, and that, that number to be soon reached by the others as well. So w- why is this happening? Okay, it's not just a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. So what's happening is that there's something called the Human Rights Campaign. Uh, This is a George Soros shakedown organization that forces corporate America to adopt aggressive LGBTQ plus uh, posturing uh, with a a rating system that they call the Corporate Equity Index, CEI. All right. Uh, So that's the idea that they want to do. They want to create this index. And by signing these arbitrary ratings to a company, they can actually influence major financial institutions. Uh, which they've already done with, uh, with Target and otherwise, like I mentioned. And, but it also includes Bank of America, Vanguard, and otherwise. They can either withhold or continue investments in those companies. So this is, uh, this is kind of like the extortion that's going on. Uh, and I don't know how they get to, them to agree to lose that many billions in market cap, but I guess they've got something on these companies. Now, how, how do they do about it? I, I don't know. How do they go about it? Perhaps they use blackmail. I, I don't know. Everyone's, you know, got something that they're rather not let out, I suppose. 
And some people have greater strength to say, I don't care if it gets let out. But, you know, you're talking about big boy stuff like uh, the C these are CEOs of huge companies. Uh, perhaps they've had an adulterous affair. Perhaps they've had a gay affair. Perhaps they've uh, engaged in uh, sex with uh, young girls. Uh, who knows? But something that they might have in their background that they don't want to let out. And all they have to do is just go along with the demands of the um, HRC. That's all they have to do. And if they do that, then <laughs> it will not be released. Get it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I do know that something else is at play here because people don't act this irrationally over and over again. That is something you need to know. And the whole uh, mantra, the whole ethos of, uh, of what's happening, it seems to continue on unabated and, and they still have these narratives. Now, the narrative now is that if you uh, somehow have any policies, legislation, to prevent kids from engaging or having a transgender surgery, you know, I'm talking about 18 years or younger, uh, then, then you're doing something that is uh, designed to destroy transgender people, that the rights of transgender people, whatever that means. Okay, what, 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 is, what is it when they say the rights of transgender people? Okay, I mean, you have to ask these questions. When, when you think about this, you think about you know, rights, you know, you think about the right to vote, the right to free speech, the right to bear arms for that matter, the right to be left alone, right? But it's not, what, what are these rights that they're fighting for, fighting for right? Are, is it the right for a man to be able to compete in women's sports? That can't be the right, right? Is it the right of a, of a man to go into women's locker rooms or women's, women's restrooms? and show his ding-dong to everybody? Is that is that the right that they're talking about? Or is it is it the right to have a transgender surgery? Is that the right that they're talking about? We don't have a problem with that right, so long as it's a right that, that happens after you're 18 years old, but before you're 18 years old, you don't have that right. You're a minor, right? So exactly what rights are we talking about? Tell me. Because I think that's all they can talk about. They're, they've never really defined these rights. Think about that. Now, take a, take a listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre. She's the spokeswoman for the White House. And she's now really hot to trot on this issue. And she's complaining about this historic number of uh, legislation items throughout this great country of ours that are designed to destroy the rights of transgender people. Just take a listen. And I've met a lot of parents of trans kids in the past couple of months who have told me this, these devastating stories, whether they're in Texas or Oklahoma or wherever they are, saying how they now have to seriously consider leaving their state to protect their child. And that's something that we have to call out. Okay, I, I want to pause that just for a second. So they're, they're leaving their state to protect their child. But exactly what is it that their child is being attacked on, right? I mean, you, you won't hear that from Jean-Pierre and you won't hear that from anybody on the left. Exactly what's happening to these children, these trans kids, uh, to the extent that they actually are trans kids, I think there's a lot of manipulation going on there, but but let's, let's assume that they actually do have the dysphoria. What exactly is happening to them that is preventing them from experiencing life to the fullest, right? But she, she will never explain that. Anyway, let's continue. To be very clear about that, these are kids. These are our kids. 
They belong to all of us. And just think about it. Okay, so these are kids. These are our kids. They belong to all of us, right? That's a mantra that you're hearing over and over again. This is way beyond the Hillary Clinton, it takes a village concept, right? The, the idea is that they don't belong to you as parents. They, they belong to everyone else. They belong to the state, as it were. And, and this is a woman who doesn't have kids of her own, mind you, who is lesbian herself. Nothing wrong with that, as Seinfeld would say. But nevertheless, uh, she has no problem saying this about kids. She doesn't have kids, but somehow all your kids belong to her as well. And exactly how are, is everyone else going to take care of my kids, your kids, right? How, how does that work? Of course, they're very light on the details here. But, uh, but, but interestingly... She talks about them as kids and never does it dawn on her, this, this idea that we're trying to protect the kids from this brutal savagery uh, on their bodies, this, this uh, mutilation of their bodies because they're kids. They don't have the capacity to decide. Okay? You've heard this before. I understand that you've heard it before, but it needs to be repeated. They don't have capacity to decide. They can't even sign a contract. They can't sign a waiver. I, I, I've got three kids, all of minority age, and they can't sign a waiver for going on a trampoline park, for that matter. I mean, my kids are in sports. Every once in a while, I have to sign a waiver for, their, for them. They can't sign the waiver, but apparently it's okay for them to go ahead and get their, their body parts chopped off. Okay? That's okay. And, and be chemically castrated and otherwise be pumped full of hormones. No problem there at all. They, they have that capacity, but not, nothing else, right? It's, it's obviously absurd. Let's continue on. Just think about a kid who's sitting at home in this community, who's listening and hearing elected officials talking about how they want to take away their rights or how they want to even threaten their parents with felony charges for seeking health care for their children. These. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this one. All right. Let's, let's take this apart. So they are worried about the rights. She, again, she doesn't describe what those rights are, taking away their rights. We just articulated that. What are the rights that you're talking about, lady? And then they say that we may take away your, your, you from your parents because they want to seek uh, gender-affirming care, meaning to cut off your penis or your breasts, as the case may be. That's affirming somehow. Uh, so that that is the, the big right that she's talking about. And boy, oh boy, that would be so terrible if the parents were taken away from their kids uh, because, you know, the, the, the parents are okay with mutilating their children. I mean, had this been 10 years ago, five years ago, and, and a parent said, son, I'm going to take you to a doctor and we're going to chop off your penis, right? Don't you think that Child Protective Services would be interested in that case and say, I think there's something wrong with you, sir. Uh, and, and we're going to take your kid away from you because, frankly, he's a boy and he doesn't deserve ha having his penis chopped off. But he told me that he wanted his penis chopped off, sir. I, I don't understand. What's the problem with that? Uh, sir, you're crazy. Uh, you don't cut off a boy's penis because he tells you. You're the adult in the room. He's a child. That's, that's the conversation that nobody wants to have. But, uh, and Corinne Jean-Pierre now has joined the madness, uh, which is not a surprise. Okay, um, fascinating all the way around. Let's continue on with what she has to say. These kids are sitting at home having to listen to people who are supposed to protect them and their freedom 
There's been many times at the podium where I have called out these pieces of legislation, reach out to the trans community, to reach out to the LGBTQ plus community from the podium so that they know what this administration is going to continue to do, which is fight, have their back, continue to stand with them as they're going through a truly devastating and horrific time. But okay, so uh, I guess that's just a wrap up there. She, she's talking, of course, just at pandering to the transgender community. Uh, she has no idea what she's talking about, of course. And, and I would love, I would love for her to talk a little bit more about, say, the Jewish community, say about uh, the black community for that matter. I mean, they're, they're all about the transgender community. They couldn't care less about any of the other communities that are really uh, sizable. What about the colorblind community? I mean, no one talks about the rights of the colorblind to to, to navigate their, their ways in life, right? Nobody talks about those with Tourette's syndrome. Nobody talks about those with celiac, right? But nobody talks about those who are blind or deaf, right? They, they don't talk about the deaf community and we got your back or anything else. And this transgender community that, of which she speaks is, is 0.03% of the population and sometimes even 0.02%, depending on, on which survey you look at. But it's one out of 30,000 people. It's such a tiny fragment of society. And yet this is, this is how we in, turn our entire civilization around. And you know the reason why. It's not about the transgenders. It's about destroying the distinction between male and female. That's it. Because you, if you destroy the distinction between male and female, you can destroy civilization and you are done. You are good to go. And that's the main game plan that they have for us. That's the reason why they don't focus on colorblind people, celiac, Tourette's, and left-handed people for that matter, all of whom have far more challenges in their daily lives than transgender people do, okay? Far more. And there are far more of those people than transgender people. That's the reason why. Because getting rid of the male-female distinction means you can collapse civilization itself. And they're doing it, as I said before in a previous podcast, they're doing it indirectly, what they couldn't do directly, right? Okay. Now there's more to this whole thing, of course. Uh, you gotta, you got to look at this uh, very strange speech that was given by this woman, uh, Senator uh, Michaela Kavanaugh. Apparently she's a state senator for the state of Nebraska. Uh, this is a very strange thing. She wants to chant and she needs to, needs to make a speech in support of trans folk uh, that are apparently demonstrating right outside of the, the, uh, the halls of the Senate. Um, and she wants to show their support or her support for them. So check this out. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. Okay, so uh, I think you might get the idea here. There's kind of a pattern going on here in her speech, but that doesn't stop it from being one of the greatest speeches that has ever been orated in the history of mankind or womankind. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it goes right up there with the, um, the incredible speech, the farewell address by George Washington. I think it's similar to the I Have a Dream speech uh, by Martin Luther King. Uh, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount comes to mind uh, in terms of its eloquence and depth. Uh, you know, the, I mean, you can't say that this is not among the greatest speeches of all time. 
Um, so anyway, let, look, let's look at this. Let's parse this out because it's fascinating. There are really basically three things that she's saying. One is that we need trans people. We love trans people. And uh, what was the other thing that she said? Yes, that uh, trans people belong here. Okay, so uh, I want to I parse this out because, first of all, why is she doing this? Why is this so necessary for her to do this? Why is she screaming this? And by the way, it begins off very soft. She begins it off as though she's going to uh, say something very specific uh, and then develop her argument. But of course, she just repeats herself and it gets louder and louder to the point that she is screaming. Uh, you, you're basically hearing the tail end of her so-called speech. And so anyway, uh, trans people, uh, they, they, they need trans people. Okay. What, in what way? Um, I mean, just, just tell me. I, I don't understand. How is it that we need, now I'm not saying that they shouldn't exist, of course, but what is it about their trans nature that is required in our civilization? Why, why do we need that in our, uh, in our civilization, right? I mean, you could say that, you could say, you know, we need groups of all different kinds, uh, you know, in our civilization to make our civilization whole. I think, you know, we, we need uh, different people of color. We need Jews. We need Christians. We need uh, Muslims, for that matter. We, we need a whole different gamut of people in order to make a great community. Now, on the other hand, what, what is it about the trans nature of a person, somebody who is confused uh, sexually about his sex, uh, that we need? Just, just. Enlighten me about that. I just want to know. Now, this is just a platitude that she's saying, but she certainly doesn't explain why we need anything specific about the trans nature of these people. These people are, are of course, uh, humans made in God's image, of course, um, whether as a man or a woman. Uh, they may be confused, but their confusion is not something that we need. Okay? All right. Then she says, we love trans people. Okay. What? Okay, why? <laughs> what is it about the trans nature of somebody that we love? Uh, and, and why are you speaking for uh, all of us, by the way? We love trans people, she says over and over again. What, what, what is it that is genuinely deserving of love? Th their confusion is deserving of love? I, I, I don't get it again. Uh, they, they, their confusion doesn't offer anything to civilization. We don't love it in and of itself. We love them as human beings. We respect them uh, as human beings. They, they have a right to live. They have a right to, a right to participate in society. But that's not the same thing as saying we love them for their confusion. Okay? And then saying that trans people belong here. Uh, okay. <laughs> in what way? I mean, it, it, I mean yes, they're human beings. They, they, deserve a right to sit at the table, so to speak, of existence, yes. But what is it about trans, uh, their trans nature, their confusion about their gender identity that, that makes them necessary in civilization and the advancement of civilization, right? Again, putting aside the, diff the difference between them as human beings, which of course they're, they have certainly the right to live, uh, you know, to, to have a career, to, to have families of their own and such. But let's not pretend that the confusion is what we love. We have to separate their confusion from their identity as a human being. All right. I, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, but the, this is the strange nature of, of these people, uh, the left in particular. And they say with such passion and they yell 
There's nothing in this so-called speech that really means anything at all. It doesn't advance a single thing at all. All right, so let's hear the rest of this at the very end. I'm kind of forwarding to spare you some uh, you know, time in your lives and to actually move forward without having to hear this madness uh, overly repeated. But at the very end, she wants to articulate a very important point, kind of summarizing her whole thoughts about this. Let's play it. Okay, so she's crazy. Uh, now, now she wants to make a very clear message at this tail end of the so-called speech where you matter, right? We love you. I, I'm going to fight for you forever. Now, wh why isn't she doing the same thing with respect to colorblind people, with respect to Tourette's syndrome people, with respect to celiac people, uh, left-handed people, Jewish people, right? Uh, for, I don't know, Seventh-day Adventists, for that matter. Why, why is it that she has such passion for these transgendered folk, people who are truly confused about their own gender identity, uh, versus all those other groups I mentioned? All those other groups are suffering quite a bit, but she is screaming for the transgendered people. And, uh, and the reason is obvious. Uh, she's been sucked into this vortex where she believes she's doing something very wonderful. Uh, she's going ahead and, and participating in the whole pride notion. Uh, she's been told that uh, if she does this, then great things will happen to her. I, I guess she's looking for some sort of attention. But again, she speaks for a lot of people, obviously. So where this passion, that's what I'm interested in about. What, what is it that drives her passion for transgender people? She sounds crazy, she is crazy. But why not say exactly the same things uh, about blind people, deaf people, right? Why, why not? Why not? I mean, they, they go through so much more struggle. They need to be told that they're loved. They need to be told that they're needed. They need to be told that they belong to society. But will you ever hear anything close to this when it comes to those groups of people? Of course not. All right, but, these, but, but this actually blends to many other things as well. So here's a recent story that you may think is not as related as, uh, as it is. I think it's very related. An Ohio man was charged earlier this year, meaning 2023, for exposing himself to multiple women in one instance with little girls present. This is in a locker room. Uh, while the presiding judge in uh, the 31-year-old Darren Glennon's case determined there was, quote, no question that Glennis was in the woman's locker room, unquote. This judge ultimately let the transvestite off the hook. Why, you ask? <laughs> Take a guess on this one. Okay. Because, because uh, there was no way they could actually see this man's penis because this transvestite, uh, he, he had such a large gut that the gut actually hung over his belly in such a way that it, they couldn't really see his penis. Therefore, no harm, no foul. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. If I, if I had invented this uh, and say, okay, look, I'm, I'm so fat, you know, it's, a, it's the Lizzo defense, I suppose. I'm so fat that no one can uh, actually see 
my genitalia. So we're all good here, okay? Everyone stop complaining. <laughs> but you understand. I mean, first of all, this, this, oh, this judge, obviously, uh, he's a man. He, he couldn't possibly understand uh, what it's like to be a woman, just like I don't understand what it's like to be a woman. As my daughter very ingeniously stated, if a trans woman, meaning a, a man, uh, understood what it's like to be a woman, then he'd understand why women don't want him in the, in the locker room in the first place. Yes, it's that simple. Huh. You know, what's also interesting is this change in the dynamic uh, of our culture where, you know, just look at, I'm going to talk about two films, generally speaking. One is uh, Dress to Kill, uh, starring Michael Caine. Uh, that came out a long time ago, I think in the 80s. And uh, it was a Brian De Palma film. Anyway, it was about a uh, transvestite. In the end, a spoiler alert, it's uh, the psychologist who's trying to figure out this uh, situation. He ends up being the actual killer and he's a transvestite and he wants to be a woman. And uh, he ends up being, you know, he's, he's the bad guy. Um, and they portray this guy as, as evil because he wants to be a woman. Now, I'm not saying we should, should treat all transvestites or folks who are identify as transgender as evil, of course not. But at the same time, I do think we need to understand that they are suffering from a dysphoria. They have a disease going on that's racking their brains and making them very confused. It's not a good thing. It's not a healthy thing for them. We, we should not embrace it. We should not say that this is a wonderful way of being, uh, that uh, we love them for it, and that, and that they belong in society for it, uh, and, and that we need them for it, right? That, that's, that's the madness going on. So that's one interesting thing. The, the second interesting thing is this movie, uh, Silence of the Lambs, which was a lot more famous with Jodie Foster. She plays a, an investigator who has to seek out the help of uh, this character, Hannibal Lecter, uh, played by uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, I believe. Fantastic acting, of course. But that's not the important part. The Anthony Hopkins part is not the interesting part to me. The, the interesting part is that the, the killer... The, the bad guy in this is a transgender man who seeks to become a woman, but he can't. He was denied his uh, so-called right to a sex change operation by the authorities. And he's he's really pissed off about that. He's he's super pissed. So what does he do? Well, it's what anyone would naturally do. We, he, would, he goes ahead and starts kidnapping women who are about the size that he hopes uh, to be able to acquire, to be similar to his own size. And he's going to, uh, uh, please, it's a disgusting thing I'm about to say. So if the little children cover their ears, he, what he wants to do, he wants to de-skin them and somehow use this as some sort of body mask for himself. And that way he'll be able to look like a woman. I mean, it's obviously crazy, but that's that's the enemy in, in that uh, movie. Now, neither of these movies would be able to be made today. None of them. They, 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 it, it's just not possible. But look how far we've come. And I believe the uh, Silence of the Lambs was in the late 90s. So that's uh, less than 30 years ago. And that was a fantastic movie. And it was just talking about somebody who had a dysphoria. He was, he was crazy. He had this vision of himself as a woman. And he, he, he felt he needed to be a woman. And he did very evil things. Uh, things have really changed. Things have really, really changed. And but but think also, <laughs> the same guy, uh, the, the character at least from Silence of the Lambs. Had he uh, sought a uh, sex change operation today, no problem. It, it wouldn't matter what his psychosis would be. 
his dysphoria, he gets uh, a sex change operation, probably at the government's expense. Things have really, really changed. Here's another related story. The U.S. Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit to block Tennessee's ban on gender-affirming care for minors. There it is, gender-affirming care for minors. I, I think they don't even hear what, they have, what, they're, what they're saying. Anyway, in its complaint, the department argues that the new law violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment by discriminating, by discriminating on the basis of sex and transgender status. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no. No, equal protection would not apply here. This is about capacity. Uh, and this same, I'm sure this complaint says nothing uh, about the comparison that a child cannot enter into a contract for itself, for himself, let alone uh, agree to mutilate his body, right? He can't smoke cigarettes. He can't drink alcohol. He can't even vote, right? But somehow he has the right, the right to demand a doctor uh, chop off his body parts and become a female and vice versa, right? Anyway, uh, this is a full-throated defense of gender ideology uh, in defining the concept of being transgender. This is from uh, Just the News. Quote, gender identity refers to a person's core sense of belonging to a particular gender, such as male or female. Every person has a gender identity the judge wrote, quote, transgender people are people whose gender identity does not align with the sex they were assigned at birth. Uh, okay, so th this is what people are telling themselves. This is how they're trying to wrap themselves into the, the logic hole, uh, making a square into a round circle and, and so forth. But, but it's even more bizarre than a square into a round circle or vice versa. This is, is telling somebody that you can, that you can actually be uh, an, an opposite uh, gender. It's it, that, that's that's how bizarre it is. All right. I guess we should move on to a different topic, don't you think? Yes. Okay. Well, but this, but here's another related topic, and I say it's very related, but not specifically related, because all this transgender stuff is really about breaking down the distinction between male and female. I've said that many times at this point, not just on this podcast, but many other circumstances. The reason being that they want to destroy the distinction, uh, that distinction in particular, because that would be the uh, load-bearing wall that destroys civilization altogether, right? So uh, here is a situation, how it bleeds into other parts of our lives. When you do this, when you talk about sexuality in that way, because nothing about the transgender movement really is about sex, is it, right? It's about destroying sex, destroying the distinction, because those, those parts that we have, the penis, the vagina, and so on, they're supposed to kind of fit together, right? People rarely talk about uh, how they want now to have sex with the opposite sex, because there is no such thing as the opposite sex. It destroys the whole concept of, of a relationship. And yet, and yet, we still desire relationships. So uh, this one influencer, I believe on TikTok, creates an AI girlfriend version of herself um, and uh, now is selling it out uh, so that other people can have her, as it were. Um, and it's just AI, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost the exact same thing as you saw in the movie Her with uh, Joaquin Fing. Uh, is it Joaquin? Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Anyway, uh, where the operating system basically creates a whole personality and it's, 
it's really quite successful. And now she hauls in a huge amount of money. It's $7,000 in a single week. And obviously it's going to be much more from, from there. So people are looking for relationships. This is, that's my point. Uh, then there are people who are creating these, these straw, um, I mean, literally straw men <laughs> and straw women and, and desiring to marry it. Why? Because, well, they have a relationship and this is a person who doesn't talk back and doesn't offer the challenges of being you know, married or in, in a relationship with the opposite sex. That's, that's why. But this AI business is very interesting. And, and, and the, what I just said about the straw men and straw women, it's all about how we desire relationships. We really do. And we'll do anything to have those relationships. But because of this confusion, um, this, this desire to erase the distinction between male and female, we still want these relationships. Do you see where I'm getting at, folks? It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mockery of the difference between male and female. We've already made such a mockery of it through the uh, transgender process and to a lesser extent, the gay marriage process. But really, the transgender process really blew it out of the water completely destroyed it. And now uh, all we have is, is just this, this specter of a concept of a relationship. Like, like we should have it, but we don't know why we have it, right? Whereas you and I know, our, our dear listener, the reason why we have relationships at all, why? It, it, to make ourselves better, right? To, to, to uh, kind of confront the opposite sex, so to speak, and and bring out the best in the opposite sex and let that opposite sex person bring out the best in us, right? And also to help rear children. But they're not interested in rearing children, right? If, you, if, there's, if the civilization that you're in cares not a, a lick about having children, then there's no real reason to have a relationship. Yeah, I mean, you can have friendships and it's nice to get together to go bowling or play mahjong or whatever you might do. Uh, for me, it would be going mountain biking, but you don't need a, rela a relationship. You don't need this obligation to another person. This, the, what's happening is the destruction of the relationship, but more importantly, the destruction of family. And that's what they're getting at. If you can destroy the male-female distinction, then you destroy sex itself. And if you destroy sex itself, you destroy, you destroy marriage. And without marriage, it doesn't make sense to have kids either because... Uh, global warming and all that, and the fact that there is no God in their minds, of course, we know that there is a God. But without God, why have children? Well, why have relationships? You see, you see what happens when you pluck God out of the equation, folks? There, there is no need for children. There is no need for that kind of uh, push and pull sort of thing that you experience in any given relationship. There is no need for that whatsoever. That's what they're gunning for. We'll all be uh, our autonomous selves. Uh, we can have a, sort of, uh, a quote unquote relationship with a straw man, a doll, whatever it might be, or this AI thing that this one, a TikTok influencer is uh, suggesting. Uh, and uh, that's the way it'll be. We'll all be alone, you know, chasing our own orgasms the way that we want to, and nothing will be different than the way you might uh, pursue an orgasm with somebody who is, uh, you know, your permanent uh, coupled relationship. That's, that's, all, that's what it's all about. All right. Uh, I did mention that I will talk a little bit about uh, what happened with uh, Feinstein, Diane Feinstein, uh, the senator from California. 
she goes to the Senate and reportedly uh, expresses confusion that Kamala Harris is presiding over the Senate. What is she doing here? Uh, Diane Feinstein says. Obviously, she's suffering from dementia. I wish her the best. She should, certainly should not be senator anymore. Uh, and that is very uh, crazy. But look, isn't that what's going on? I mean, we're all accepting this dementia. It, it's, you know, we talked about the, the destruction of relationships altogether. Now we're, we're talking about the destruction of, of uh, sanity. Nothing means anything uh, anymore. Uh, there, there's the, con the concept of common sense, of being even aware, being present, it no longer matters. I mean, Dianne Feinstein is a, is a very strong example of that, but Joe Biden's the same. And what's the guy? The guy from uh, Pennsylvania, right? I uh, forget his name already. Anyway, the senator. And, and everyone's okay with that. Uh, but we're, we all have to pretend. But, but isn't that the pretend culture that we live in anyway, right? We're pretending that... Uh, it's, it's okay to, that a man could be a woman, vice versa, all those things. We're also pretending that these people are actually legitimate politicians who are actually doing something with their lives and actually advancing uh, the scenario, all the needs of, of the, the American public. They are not. All right, one final story. I guess we won't be able to talk about uh, the Joy uh, Bayer story where she's trying to tell uh, Clarence Thomas that uh, he doesn't know what it's like to be black in America, right? This, this middle-aged... A uh, woman in a, in uh, the, the View telling Clarence Thomas, who's seventy something, uh, has lived a very difficult life, uh, that he doesn't know what it's like to be black, and he he should get some education on the subject. Uh, I mean, the, the audacity and the fact that nobody will push back on her is it's uh, breathtaking. But I want to talk about this story lastly about the scientists are now zeroing in on the heart of the Milky Way galaxy to determine the origins of mysterious signals. Researchers suspect that the radio signals are not natural pulses from outer space, but could be signals from extraterrestrial life forms. Yeah. Some experts warn that it is imperative that humans locate any alien civilization before they find us. Yeah. Okay. So it's this hunt for aliens, right? Uh, you know, first of all, let's talk about the quest itself. Uh, the quest itself is, is meaningful. Why do we search for aliens? Why, why is that the first and foremost thing? that we think about when it comes to space exploration. Uh, it used to be that uh, exploration of space was exactly that. You explore state, space and you see what's out there. Uh, but, you know, obviously uh, putting a man on the moon and sending off these uh, various uh, satellite and, and rockets out into Mars and, and to the outer reaches of our solar system, such as the Voyager project and so on, those things are not as high priority anymore, and I want to explore why that is the case. Right now, it's all about finding intelligent life elsewhere. Well, okay, um, why is that the quest? It seems to me uh, that that is a, how do you say, quixotic uh, adventure. Uh, we will never find alien life. Never. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, I'll just blast through them. One is that the incredible odds of uh, life forming whatsoever, um, and especially if you're an atheist, uh, you should you should definitely not believe in alien life. But the problem uh, the problem is that the unimaginable odds of life forming on any planet, right? So in the old days, Carl Sagan used to say that uh, you had to have at least two uh, items in in order to have the possibility of life on any given planet. And that opened up a huge arena 
of possibilities, according to him. I forget exactly what they were. I'm sure it was uh, uh, water at one point and, and something else about being close enough to the sun. Fine. And then over time, they expanded that to six things, then 10 things, then 20. Now it's, it's more than 200 items that all have to be in place for the possibility of life forming on any given planet. So uh, that narrows down, of course, the amount of uh, his, you know, exception, uh, possible planets that might actually house intelligent life, let alone life at all, uh, right? So you have to, I mean, there's life and then there's intelligent life. So I, I highly doubt those things. The second thing, uh, and the reason why I, I always am very suspect about this, people think very two-dimensionally when it comes to intelligent life. What do I mean by that? Uh, look, the universe we know is what, 13 and a half, 14 billion years old, all right? What are the chances that we would stumble upon intelligent life on the exact same time plane that we exist on, right? I mean, isn't it possible? In fact, if, if there is intelligent life, I'm putting aside all the probabilities we just discussed, if there is intelligent life, that wouldn't it be possible and very, in fact, very likely that it would have come and gone millions of years ago, all right? Or will come and go millions of years from now, maybe a billion years from now. Why does it have to be that they're advancing exactly at the same time period that we are, right? It just makes sense. So you have to add that as a factor into all of this. So that's why I'm very suspect about the possibility of uh, intelligent life. Now, the only way I get around that, and the, I would accept it, is the fact that there's a creator of the universe. And that creator may very well have said, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this uh, life on this planet called Earth, and I'm going to also make life on this planet called uh, Beelzebub, okay? Uh, somewhere else in the universe. Possible, of course, that God, God is the creator of all things. God can make anything happen. But that's the only way it would make sense. But if you're only looking at purely from an organic point of view, um, nope, 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 nope. There won't be any find, a found intelligent life at all. And yet, it's the atheists who will persist. This is the strange thing about it. I don't quite understand it. The atheists are the ones who are most energized about finding intelligent life. They're not interested in, in understanding so many other things about space quarks and other, otherwise, they're, they're really gun, uh, gunning for finding intelligent life. They're not interested in, in understanding the probabilities that I just discussed before. They're not interested in finding out about why things are the way they are here on Earth, and for that matter, uh, out in space, but they, they are so keyed up on this. And then apparently, they're also keyed up on trying to find them, uh, this other intelligent life out there, before they find us. Yeah, <laughs> because... I guess we don't want to be caught with our pants down. Uh, I don't know, un understand quite the logic about that, but I would prefer that uh, we instead focus on uh, the Chinese, for example, uh, and uh, stop them before they stop us. How about that for a plan? And that is realistic because there is such a thing as a, as a country called China, uh, and they actually do have some pretty bad intentions, Other, and, you know, which is quite different and far apart from the idea of intelligent life that may have bad intentions with regard to us, right? Okay, I think you get the idea. All right, folks, uh, very disturbing stuff that's happening around. The, the transgender stuff is really getting out of hand. Uh, it's, it is, however, very good news that there's dramatic pushback uh, going on uh, when it comes to the Bud Light situation, the Coles 
the, uh, the uh, Target situation, the Dodger situation, a lot of good things are happening and maybe we're returning to a sense of normality uh, when it comes to our civilization again. But that, again, requires us to bring back a sense of God. And maybe, I don't know, maybe this is the turning point. I would love to see that as a turning point, but I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. And that is sadly the way I'm going to have to lead this podcast. But uh, that only means that we have to fight all the more. All right, folks, this is Brock Leary signing off, saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.